right, there we go. Welcome back to my second hour on air right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM, your daily companion. Once again, it's awesome privilege to be coming to you guys live from our studios in Centurion. And um, yo, what a week, uh, what, what two weeks we've had. Uh, last week, I had an awesome guest on my show, uh, Sherilyn Dudley. Uh, she joined me and we had such a successful evening that... Um, yeah, we had to roll over to a part two, and um, it is so awesome um, when you roll over to a part two, and then you get this interaction from your listeners throughout the week, um, and listeners really being a part, actually sending mail, sending messages, uh, asking questions, and um, I'm of opinion that um, there's so much content for us to cover tonight, we might not even get through tonight, uh, nevertheless, there's a lot happening right now, um, especially if it comes to politics and now uh, we'll be careful to talk politics we won't call it politics but there is a, a certain extent of politics that we will be touching tonight we are the the church of christ we are the easy ecclesia that means that we do have an active role to play if it comes to politics to legislation and to uh, a few things like that but um yeah you'll if you missed out last week please do me a favor go check out this podcast okay this is without a doubt be one of my most downloaded and listened podcasts of the year 2021 can you believe it? Uh, so please go and uh, go download the podcast and um, you can listen to part one of um, tonight's part two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. If you want to be part of this evening's program, uh, our social media lines are open right now. Uh, go to uh, Facebook, go to Instagram, oh, to Telegram, go to WhatsApp, go to SMSs, 0826572729. If you want to ask a question, please go right ahead. Right, before I say hello to my guest, I can see my guest here on the screen. Um, she can't see me tonight. Hello, Sherilyn. It's so awesome to see you. Oh, oh let's greet her. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? I'm good. You look, ex- you look excited tonight. Oh, yeah. We're talking about my favorite topic. <laughs> what is that? Politics? <laughs> well, no, it's really about Christians and how we relate to this thing called politics and, um, and stay... Um, in line with our what I always call Christianity 101. So um, and and it's and it's it's quite a testing thing. So it, so it's fascinating, and of course it's something I've been studying while I've been working in what I've been working in for quite some time. All right. So if you guys missed out last week, a very very brief short introduction because we don't want to waste too much time tonight. But uh, Sherilyn Dudley, who recently joined Dia Logos as a political analyst, is a former member of Parliament in South Africa with 20 years of experience from June 1999 to May 2019. A member of the International Panel of Parliamentarians on Freedom of Religion and Belief since 2011, and a board member of the Graduate School of Influences. There's way more to discuss, especially a book and we'll get a bit more to the book this evening. But um, yeah, this is our guest tonight. Sherilyn, there's once again quite a few things happening, um, and I assume you're paying close attention to that, and I'm specifically referring to, um, I think you know what I'm talking about. Let me just get them, get me. All right, I'm talking about the uh, the bowl that's open for public comment for the mandatory vaccines that's running right now, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's another one that's running right now. Um, can 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 you please help me? What's the other one? You're talking about the hate speech and um, 
Is that is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I'm quickly going to get it for us. Hold on, I've got it. Yeah, give me one second, one second. Um, oh no, no, this is a big one. This is actually a big one. The the shortlisting for the new chief justice um, and open for okay. public comments up until Friday. Um, is yeah. is that something that you're paying a close attention to right now, or not really? Well, I, I've been a bit distracted the last few days, but generally, yes. So, yeah, so let's, uh, you tell me what you know, and I'll tell you what I know. <laughs> so, so, here's the thing, I don't know much. That's why I've got people like you on my show, because I don't know much. All right, yep. So where, where shall we begin? So I know, uh, listen, we've got a lot of other stuff to discuss and we want to get to that. Let's just very briefly, just briefly touch on um, the two bills open for public comment right now. Um, the first one is the mandatory, mandatory vaccination. Do you know anything about that one? No, I haven't seen it. And I think that the, the, those who are putting it out there at the moment are sort of jumping the gun. So I, ha- I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen certain NGOs putting um, thoughts out, telling people that it's coming. But my, my take at the moment is that it's just what government has moved on is organizing that those who have been vaccinated can access their vaccination certificate. And I think people are presuming that that's going to because also the conversations have been around particularly with the, the our scientific community and and all of those who have been um kind of giving um, advice on on the whole covid situation um as to whether to make it mandatory uh, what how if and and the, you know the last um well-informed discussion that that I listened to in terms of those who really understand that not just the issues of human rights but also um, as as scientists Um, there was a sort of a general consensus between those that were speaking was that there, there will be a sense for some people that it's mandatory but it won't be mandatory um but for certain uh, situations, there will you will have to have um, the vaccination or something else. And one of the thoughts that they they came up with um, was that those who choose not to be vaccinated would then have to have um, COVID tests twice or three times a week um, in in a work situation where you're dealing with um, public or you use with other staff. So there would be. Um, so government was, has always been adamant that it's not going to be mandatory, um, but it will be in some in, in people's minds it will be mandatory because it will it will restrict them from certain things like being in a cinema. So, but if you choose not to go to a cinema and watch TV at home, you'll be fine. If you choose not to go <laughs> to a restaurant, mm. so it depends how you look at these things, you know. And um, obviously, nobody wants. The kind of um, they don't want another outburst of COVID. Um, so obviously, the, the the idea is what's the best way to make sure that we don't have that um, situation where the hospitals are inundated, that our healthcare workers are falling apart at the seams, and people are having to decide who goes on the respirator. You know those kind of situations. So so it's it's going to be. 
a, a difficult decision for people to make, but I actually haven't seen that put being put into a form of a bill as yet. So I think people are kind of preempting that this is where it will go. All right. Um, one of the stuff that did surface in this evening's news at 6 o'clock here at Radio Pulpit was uh, the uh, announcement by the Minister of Sport, an announcement that was definitely welcomed by the general public, and that was that to a certain extent um, the, the, the crowds can return to sporting events. But uh, one of the stuff that where there is a bit of uncertainty is in her speech she did mention that at this point in time it does look like the people that's been vaccinated will be granted access to these facilities. Yes, and, and it, that makes absolute sense because um, those are people who will um, not be likely to have be picked up the virus and, and, and that there, there will be a, a greater degree of um, people being able to feel a little bit safe, being a little bit in close, you know, uh, touch with each other. And obviously there'll be other things in place that will, will kind of a nod to a certain amount of distancing and um, masks and things like that. But I think for people to, to feel safe that you're not going to pick up something and take it back to your 90-year-old mother and whatever, whatever, um, it, it, does, it does make sense. Right, not to waste too much time, just quickly to touch on another matter that is running right now, open for public comment, of course, is um, um, the submissions for the shortlisted candidates for the new Chief Justice. Of course, uh, Judge yeah. Mohueng Mohueng, his term has now come to an end. Sherilyn, um, it is open for public comment, and the last time I checked, there's already been more than 80,000 submissions being done for this, which is, which is all good, fair and well. My concern... And once again, I've got to be careful. I think you know how we operate on these radio stations. We've got to choose our words carefully. But one of my big concerns are that there's, 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 there's some of those candidates that, that's running for chief justice on the shortlist that, that still has pending court cases. Um, for me, that's a big concern. It, it is a concern, but it's also a good way to keep the best people off the lists by just accusing them of something and knowing that the courts are mm. full and we're never going to get to it. So, uh, you know, there's the, the up and the down. But I, I, when I was listening to some of the interactions at the time um, that the Judicial Commission was discussing um, these different um people who, who put things forward, the, the discussions were horrendous. They were absolutely mm. antagonistic. Obviously, you know, there were people like Malema who were on the committee. For a while. The judicial surprised me. All right, there you are. He, he was also wrong. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it, it, it didn't sort of come across very judicial <laughs> in yeah. any respect. And, um, uh, yeah, and it, it, so, so, so again, it, it, it was um, a little disappointing um, in terms of what I listened to on, on the discussions. That should be pretty high-level discussions in terms of being those who represent us on the commission. Right. Uh, last, last thing on this topic. Do you feel... Um, do you feel that the Ecclesia or the Church of Christ has got a 
um, has got a role to play if it comes to the submission and making our voices heard with the shortlisted candidates? Oh, yes. I do think that's something very important. We should know those who labor amongst us and we should be able to put forward with confidence those names. But then we also need the confidence to know that those people are going there to do the job that is required. Um, you, you know, in other words, you don't go and act like a plumber when you're a justice, chief justice. You, you know, it's basically you, you do need to <laughs> to be kind of circumspect and um, uh, respect the position that, that you hold. All right. So this evening is not about these two topics. Um, these. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. sorry no, I, I cut you short there. Continue, please. No, no, no. I was just saying because the, the the point is how we behave is is often people react more to than what we say, and also what we say obviously is part of how we behave. And so, discerning what needs to be said and also what doesn't need to be said, and um, you know, the whole sense of you know how God um, sometimes he even there's a contradiction between what he said and then how he himself acts out in a certain situation. But the, the bottom line is he always prioritizes relationship. And and, and so I, I think in all of these things, people are watching us to, to be an example. So as the body of Christ, I think we, we, we have to, we have a lot to learn in terms of how to really be a testimony in the specific work that we, we've been given to do. So that when people look, they say, you know, wow, um, that they, they, they can't sling mud because it wouldn't stick. All right. So just to sum up and uh, to, to con- reach a conclusion in this specific discussion topic, um, I'm not exactly sure what platforms you can go to. I do know that uh, you can go. There's an article written on this in the in the latest Joy magazine to give you guys an idea of what what's going on. You can go to public forums like Dear South Africa or 4SI. You can go submit uh, submit your submission over there. If you feel that you've got something to raise, please do so. Um, we have just reached about 82,000 submissions. And it's open for public comment up until Friday. Right, children, I think we should get to our topic this evening. I want to spend some time with the book. But before we get there, um, last week we ended our show with a a very um, – I don't think we put a full stop to the end of it. It was an open-ended discussion. And it's a discussion that actually got quite a lot of um, – I got a lot of comments and mails about this this week. It's impossible for me to address every single one of those mails. So I've made a sort of a summary that I'd like to discuss with you, and then I'd like you to perhaps take over from me. So one of our last discussion points that we did last week was we spoke about uh, the instance where, where, where pastors and reverends and people that's got a commission of oath license to marry people are sort of in a position where they can't refuse certain people and and then we touched on, um, and please, if I have, if I say your words incorrectly, please correct me, okay? But you touched something on if 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 it's not if it's not damaging to the the couple that you marrying or something, then uh, I don't want to say go ahead with it, but but don't just say no to everyone. I'm not hundred percent sure where that where exactly that went, and you can please correct me now. But the mail that I got was yeah. so someone said. Yeah, all right, we see the angle of it's not damaging to the pastor, 
We see the angle that it's perhaps not damaging to the church or the congregation. We see the angle that the decision's not damaging towards the couple getting married. But what about those folks in church who put their children in that specific church organization that's got a specific belief and now this marriage act contradicts the way that they want their kids to, to grow up? Okay, I'll tell you, let me explain where Mm. I would be coming. I don't personally believe that a marriage license has anything to do with a Christian marriage. It does so happen that in the past, the the Christian, the, the, the marriage license did reflect aspects of a Christian marriage because it was a, a country that was largely Christian and, and the, the, those were people who were working with, with the issue. Now, of course, that's changed to some degree, even though um, there are many Christians, there's also huge um, sort of pressure from different sides and there's different things that that um, like our constitution to take into consideration. But I'll tell you where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the fact that in that season, and this was a good thing, in that season, pastors could actually make money by being the the guy who does the official government kind of registration of a marriage. But that doesn't make you married in the eyes of God. What makes you married in the eyes of God is that when you actually um, come together as Christians and you stand in front of your community and your family and you make that pledge that what you'll be to each other and they make a pledge that they will see that you that to each other. So, so the Christian, so in my understanding, the Christian marriage is, does not does not become or not become anything because of the the government certificate. The government certificate there is the registration is actually a legal document so that there's certain protections in place. That's there for everybody. So the certain protections are that if two people are deciding to to live together, which in a Christian arrangement, that would be the way we are. we, um, you come together for the first time, you, you're having sex for the first time, all that kind of, you know, all of the mm. things that go with it. But that has nothing to do with government. What government wants to know is that if two people come together and have it, what, what have they agreed to in terms of who gets what when they split? What, what, um, what, what are your responsibilities and, 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 uh, et cetera. So basically, in that sense, a government would be looking at all of the people. Which means that if two friends get together and or two males get together and people are pooling their lot, they have this legal contract that's, that makes an issue. Now, we have to have that legal contract on top of what we do as Christians in terms of marriage. So my, my way of thinking, and it is just my way of thinking, my way of thinking is that we should not be thinking of that marriage certificate as Christians as what as being married that just happens to be the, the the necessary legal document in this particular society which is very varied um, so that we have a basic minimum of legal um, protections in in that so that so that we don't become a problem to the government which is everybody which is the taxpayer so so what I'm what in my mind I feel we need to get more used to seeing is that the Christian marriage, when, when two Christians decide to get married, they go through a Christian uh, arrangement. Mm. 
the fact that we all get a registration, um, no matter who we are, how we are. Um, so it is. It does make sense that it's not a season now for ministers to be able to do government's work for them. Mm. That was a season that was open. Mm. Now is a season for people to have to go and get that from a government office and actually clearly have a Christian wedding um, a marriage ceremony that, that has nothing to do with, with government. Does that make sense? It, it actually does, and you actually ended off your, your explanation with exactly what I was wanting to say just now because um, what, I, what, what I wanted to say was if you are after the certificate, and then with all due respect, yes. go get married in court. Okay, um, yes. and that yes. is that is where there's a bit of confusion because unfortunately there is certain movements that want to deliberately put a pastor or a congregation on the spot um, and go there deliberately so that they are the pastor refuses them so that they can run to the news and say we've just been refused by the church. So they have these agendas, but I agree with you as well. You see, if the pastor does not have the ability to do the government registration. Then, then um, going to have the government document. Then he's not refusing. He's just not able to do it. But when you have a Christian ceremony, that Christian ceremony will not be challenged in terms of it being a Christian ceremony. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so that's and, and so I, I, I kind of see this as being a really a God thing. Yeah. In in in. That the testimony of a Christian marriage is going to be so much clearer because people, when you enter a Christian marriage, you're committing to certain things that not everybody can commit to or wants to commit to. You, you understand? So, yeah. so I feel like marriage just became the thing that everybody did, no matter who and what and mm, whatever. Yeah. But now it's, it's something different. Um, in other words... We separate. That's that's simply a legal document, and that that needs, as I say, it's it's the minimum protections that every citizen needs to know that when things fall apart, um, this is who owes who what, and, and these are your responsibilities in that situation. But it does not make you married in the eyes of God um, if you're not um, submitting that marriage to God. Mm. And yeah, and, and, and then of course it, it won't stop there because you're right, people are going to continue to target the church. And I do believe that pastors are gonna to have to find ways of of lovingly um, <laughs> say what they need to say, you know. So when when, when people do come they wanna stand be together before God, their pastor will say, You are standing together before God and you are asking him to bless this. And we are, are, are loving you, and, and we are presenting you to God. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we can't presume what God's going to do with them. But we can't. Um, what what I'm sort of seeing, and I do think it's going to get pretty tricky. And I, I but I, I think we we want to love and bless people, but we can clearly say what what God is saying, but you see, the problem is we shouldn't say more than what God is saying. And we shouldn't over explain what God, what, what the scripture is saying, because that's, that's, I think where we get into quite a bit of trouble is, is when, when, for example, we, we, a, a pastor can say, and I read in, in my Bible, blah, 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 blah. 
and this is how God will bless and whatever, whatever. And we pray that you will be, you'll go and you'll find his guidance and his heart on the issue. So you can't have the same ceremony, obviously, Mm. to bless two um, young men who are, or two young women who are confused, but you can be loving about their confusion and you can give them space to come to understand. And if they want to be blessed by God, let you know, ask God to bless them. Mm. It, it, it doesn't mean that we actually, um, that that minister is actually saying that he really thinks they are married in the eyes of God because they can get their marriage certificate somewhere else. All, all you can do is pray that God will forgive their sins and that he will lead them and guide them. Um, and, uh, you know, so these are, these are the kind of things we're going to have to think through a lot more carefully. Um, and and I, I think a lot of it's going to need us to go back to the early church and things like that. And, 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 what, what these things meant to them. And, of course, it, a lot of it is the people's culture. Mm. So um, when you come out of a certain cultural setting, you have an idea of what a, 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 a union would would be about. And so things would take place in that way. And we tend to confuse that for being a, a, a Christian way. I, I think we also have to to consider this whole thing about faith, versus presumption and i think that we a lot of times we've gotten into presuming that we understand a lot more about what god is saying and doing than we do and i think humility demands that we that we realize that we don't know exactly and certain things are done this way and then another time it's changed and it's done that way and that it seems that there is different strokes for different folks or different situations and as I say, largely it comes down to God, where God seems to just prioritize relationship. And he is God after all, and he does what he wants to do. So he's got his rules. But the rules are there for to help us not – and he can change them. They're his rules. So, so mm. I think we've got to be careful that we, we don't overstep the mark in terms of what we can be dogmatic about. Um, what we can be dogmatic about is that absolutely – that we, we believe that, that God is saying what God's saying, even if we are what, but we can only say that we understand it in this way. We understand it in that way. And, 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 and I, I do think there's going to be a lot of changes in the real church. Um, I, I, I think the religious folk will have a lot of problems because they're used to certain religious things. But, um, but the real church is going to grapple with these real issues. And at the end of the day, they want to see those people saved. So when two people come to them and ask this question, they will not answer them. They will not answer the question. They'll answer the person mm. or the, the two young people or, or older people if they are. So, you know, we need to be able to... Uh, I, I think we just got so kind of in a habit that this Christianity thing, it's how it's done. You just do it checking all the boxes, ticking all the boxes, whatever. And I think the spirit walk is much more about in the moment. Okay, these two people have pitched up. God, what do you want from me in mm. this? You know, mm. how can I show your love? How can I show our need, our fallenness, but, but our, 
the, 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 not only just our need for redemption, but the, you, you know your redeeming power and what what what, and also just to put it into context of a bigger picture. It's not about us and our church. It's about God wanting the entire, (laughs) all of His creation to be part of this of this thing. So, I'm 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 excited about it because I feel like it's a huge challenge, and we're not ever going to get it right. Mm. But we're going to get it more right if we walking more in the Spirit and leaning on the Holy Spirit every second. Like I had to do over Parliament from the first day. I mean, Mm. what do we know about? situations you're going to say god what now mm, <laughs> i just yeah. heard that what are you <laughs> saying about this um what does this actually mean to us you know so um it but that's that's to me that's a faith walk not knowing this is how marriage is that's how this is not knowing how these things are is is far more exciting that we actually on the edge all the time and but for the holy spirit leading and guiding us we're not going to get it right and even then um if we don't get it right, it's an opportunity for us to ask forgiveness and to do it again, <laughs> to mm. try again. So, but this is far more for me, the Christian walk, than than the other thing um, mm. where we set ourselves and we... Anyway, so I'm hoping that your your listeners will have caught something of the uh, the essence of what I'm trying to say. I, I, I think this is a new ser- season of church. It's not church as we've known it. Mm. Um, it's church as we've made it. It's mm. going to be church as we allow God to 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 lead us and 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 be it um, as we go. All right. Anyway. So we have roughly about half an hour left, and I still have a few questions that I got to ask you. Uh, especially one of the topics that we discussed last week. We spoke about the the hate speech bill, and one of the questions that I want to ask you, and I'm going to I'm going to just leave our listeners with this question, and then we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back for the last half an hour. But one of the questions that I still wanted to ask you is: Do you see um, the hate speech bill and all of these things uh, significantly impacting the freedom of religion. Right. Now, I want us to touch on that when we get back. Okay. And if you uh, would like to ask Sheridan a question, please do so. Our WhatsApp line is open right now. And um, Sheridan, I'm 100% sure that the listeners who asked our question <laughs> will uh, will comment <laughs> on what the two of us had to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we'll wait for their comments. Please feel free to send them in. Um, please be uplifting and not downgrading. Come on, we're doing our best. <laughs> right, we're going to take a short break when we get back. Myself and Sheldon will continue. And, yeah. But even if people are feeling whatever they're feeling, yeah. these things are hard. Change is hard for people. Mm. But it's, it's, it's inevitable. And it, it's it's a fact of life. And, and, and that's what's where the courage and being... Um, you know, walking by the Spirit comes in. So I, I, I just would like people to get excited about it, even though they don't feel like anxious about it right now, what mm. I've said. But I do think that if they play on this co- sort of concept, they're going to get far more excited about their walk than they have been in the while. All right, well, please stay tuned. We've got half an hour left, and we're still going to touch uh, this topic. Will this significantly impact our freedom of religion? Please stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. break. All right, so if you're only tuned in now, where have you been? Please go to www.radiopulpit.ca.za, and please go download uh, the podcast. This is part two of... Um, 
Dwayne filling the gap and Sherilyn Dudley. Um, and I've really had an amazing time. Um, I think the two of us might do a few shows together in future as well, Sherilyn. Sounds good to me. I can, I, 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 <laughs> There's a lot that I'd love to tap to you about. <laughs> no, that that sounds awesome. Right. You know, there's there's locations coming up and people be concerned about. Then there's the whole thing of just generally, just kind of, you know, this is navigating life. But navigating democracy was an interesting thing for me uh, um, that I was sort of thrown right in the middle of and and did it from inside out, which is which is awesome to chat about those things as well and 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 just hear other people's thoughts as we share the the the, the kind of things that um, came to mind while doing that which is yeah, as I say, that this is my favorite subject. All right, so I think we should start with that coffee so that we can line up a couple of shows, especially for 2022. I'm also always open to shows like this. Maybe have a, a, a more permanent fixture like once a month or something like that. The two of us can do something. Are you keen on, on something like that? Yeah, excellent. All right, so we've got about we've, we've got, we've got twenty minutes left, and we got to touch on these three topics. And I got to get to the book, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try and do this in twenty <laughs> minutes. Let's go. Last week we spoke about the the hate speech ball, and uh, one of the questions that popped up was, uh, do you see this significantly impacting um, our freedom of religion? Please go ahead. I do think it will significantly impact freedom of religion in the sense that, um, you know, freedom of religion is freedom to be religious, not be religious, whatever. Whatever, but this is out. Am I in? Am I out? Yeah, you're in. Go for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I'm thinking that because people see Christianity as a religion, this is why we have to be so concerned about freedom of religion um, as, as Christians. But we know it's not a religion. We know it's a relationship. So it actually operates differently to religion. So we will do our best to make sure that people, that there's a maximum freedom of religion and belief. But we also know that those have to be curtailed. For example, uh, killing off Christians and Jews is, is a religious thing <laughs> for some for some religions, etc. You know, mm. and, and and we wouldn't want to see that. But we but we do want people to be as free as possible. Now, because Christianity is not a religion, true Christianity is going to flourish. Mm. So I I don't see it as a problem. So so on the one hand, I say yes, we must always. Um, endeavor to to ensure that people have the most freedom to make the you know because God gives us freedom to choose we have these consequences He doesn't um, like protect us from those consequences they they there um, but at the same time at the end of the day and He'll argue and tell us why we shouldn't be making that choice but at the same time He gives us that freedom to choose so so that for me is a biblical thing to do to want the maximum freedom however it isn't critical to the church of christ because the church of christ is not a religion we we have it's a relationship and it's a church it's a whole different thing so um it, it's a community that is one in the spirit in terms of, of of what we understand about our god and also what we don't understand about our god so now 
in my view, the clauses are reasonable and well-considered. And many, like the Jewish community and those who've been frustrated by a lack of response to the inflammatory hate speech that um, proliferated EFF rhetoric um, in recent years, will likely be in favor of such protection. But there is, however, always the danger that laws can be abused. But this is a danger with any law at any time, depending on who is um, who the majority of people are and, and, and what kind of constraints there are on those leaders. What we have seen in South Africa to date is that our judiciary have not abused the constitutional protections, and they have tried mostly successfully to balance other protections and um, with with religious freedom, so so they've been balancing quite successfully, um, with, and there'll always be clashes between the various freedoms. Um, so religious freedom has been handled very um, seriously, and I think very responsibly. Um, they've been able to do this because they're not constrained by any. Um, clause that's declaring South Africa a secular state. And to give credit where credit is due, this is directly due to the ACDP interventions in the drafting of the Constitution. So having representatives in a political party that was free to make that kind of stand in this instance was really very beneficial. So, and, and I am not an ACDP member. I may well vote for the ACDP at this local election just because I really have seen what the councillor who lives in my own home has been doing. And I've been mm. very impressed. <laughs> and I think and it's a time to vote for it, people who will actually have their community at heart. Um, but I won't necessarily vote for them if I, if, if I don't think they are the best people for the job at any other time. But they definitely, there is huge credit due in that instance. So Christianity, of course, is, is what it is today, despite constraints and even persecution. And, and while it continues to be critical for Christians in politics to do what they can to protect freedom of choice in general and freedom of religion and belief in particular, this will not always be possible. And my gut feeling is that it's not always going to be possible because it's not always going to be beneficial in terms of what God wants us to achieve. So we will always need to be praying for those in authority and to prayerfully discern when our testimony and exemplary behavior, which is important, and our peaceful existence, which is an important testimony. But we, we do need to discern when this is going to require courage to continue our prayers and sharing the good news in our communities despite threats and opposition. So it's my conviction that we should be more discerning in this and not create drama where none is needed. I'm so aware of the danger of winning a battle only to lose the war. Um, being strategic is as much a God thing as it is an enemy thing. So discernment and wisdom are needed as our Bible is full um, of instances where God seems to modify the rules. And relationship always trumps the rules. I also think of Paul, for example. He spoke so emphatically against circumcision. And then he goes and circumcises Timothy because Timothy was going to speak to Jewish people. So we've got to be a little bit less um, legalistic because there, there is a space for, for being um, d discerning and, uh, and using wisdom in, in a particular instance. And let's call it strategy. 
Um, so, um, if our responses and actions are motivated by love and not retaliation or attitudes of entitlement, because Christians can sound extremely entitled, which we are not. We're like everybody else. We have our job to do on this earth and, and, and we God gifts us or he takes, he gives, he whatever, but it's not an entitlement. Um, we, we, we then, when we tr- place our trust in God, we will probably be on the in the sort of on the right track, um, following His lead, which is better than insisting that God follow our lead. And so that's something mm. that stood out <laughs> for me over the years: is that we tend to want to sort of say, "Hey, God, come here. This is what we're doing. Sort it out." When in actual fact, He's trying to remind us: you know what? It, I was doing something <laughs> before you got involved with your thing. Could you get back on track with what I'm doing? So, um, mm. yeah, that kind of, so you, so you see, it, it will impact in the way people maybe fear it will impact, but only to the degree that, that it's going to fit in with God's bigger plan. Mm. And our job is to be the people we're supposed to be, no matter what those circumstances are. Now, we've been that in terms of what the previous season is. This is a new season. Let's embrace this new season with the enthusiasm, which is which is an excitement about God. Enthusiasm, um, if, without thinking he can't cope with this now. If, we, if, if, if pastors can't give this marriage certificate and charge for it, suddenly the world's going to come to an end. Well, it's not. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, we're talking about hate speech now. Um, there has been a lot of hate. I have seen horrendous amounts of hate and bitterness. Mm. Uh, and you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay. No, no, it was just when you think about hate speech. Um, I, with this wonderful thing called social media, which was an incredible uh, boost for me in terms of the work that I was doing, and, and the, I was able to access people's the the real part of people. You know, you can pitch up to go and talk to people, and you, it's a very surface level thing, and they'll you'll ask, answer what you can. People will present to you what they want you to see, but somehow on social media. You get the gut level with <laughs> stuff coming out from people, and as you've experienced recently, it doesn't sound like people are thinking about what they're thinking or saying because it sounds extremely hateful and extremely bitter, and it's very hard to see the love. So I don't think that it's terribly problematic that God is allowing us to be pulled up with everyone else and actually saying, really? How does that sound? Yes, to you it sounds like one thing, but what does it sound to those that are hearing it? You know, um, is it portraying me? Is it portraying the love of God? Is it portraying the forgiveness um, that that's there and, and all of the things that we should be emulating? Right, so Sheridan, we literally have five minutes left, and I want to quickly try and get this one question in before we say goodbye. And that is, 
So what will Christians need to keep in mind going forward? We literally have five minutes. Go for it. Okay, well, what Christians should consider the potential benefits of obviously voting for believers into office and that those in office should continue to use discernment and wisdom in addressing issues in order to keep the maximum freedom for the church to say what it believes to live what we believe and to share what believe what we believe. But we must keep in mind that this will mean others will be able to exercise the same freedom in line with their belief. And we should show Christian character in terms of that. Um, whatever the outcome, courage, faith, and being led by the Spirit will be necessary. To be the light in darkness means darkness is a given. Light will the light we will need to remember will not only um, not only is more clearly seen in the dark, it also dispels the darkness. So we do not have to be afraid of the dark. As Christians or people of the way, we will be walking in love and forgiveness and doing what we can for others despite the circumstances. We can also only do for others what they allow and imposing our way is not the way. So those are the thoughts that I would like to leave with you tonight. All right. So that was very quick. I'm impressed. Wow. All right. So we've, <laughs> so, so we've got three minutes left. Sheridan is also an author of a book entitled Through My Eyes. In three minutes, give the go. Go, go for it. Give us a, a scoop. What is it about? Where do we get the book? Go for it. It's, it, it's a story of a veteran politician and a girl who takes you on a journey from small town life in Bulawayo, that's a southern African colonial city, to serving as a member of the South African Parliament for 20 years, reinventing herself along the way to be fit for purpose. It's a conversation about how life and politics relate to one's beliefs and vice versa, but it's also a call to people everywhere to choose hope and reject fear. So... My WhatsApp number is 082-8906-520. And my email address is dudley.sherilyn at gmail.com. And um, the book is 300 Rand. The um, Kindle version is 200 Rand. And I will happily post them to you at my expense because it's a gift to pulpit to Dwayne and his <laughs> and his special show, so um, so that's how you can get get a hold of it. But basically, it also captures the twenty the twenty five years that I spent in the ACDP. It captures thoughts on the whole concept of how do we navigate this thing called democracy as Christians, and uh, and also um, looking at what I felt we did right, what we did wrong, um, what my thought processes were in the beginning, how they changed or how they didn't change, that that kind of thing. So just kind of a, uh, yeah, kind of being able to just think about what I was thinking, what I'm thinking, what I was thinking then, what I'm thinking now, and also um, capturing a bit of a record of something that was hugely awesome <laughs> to mm. be a part of in terms of what God was doing in that season. All right, so all I can say is watch this space. We will have our coffee myself and Sherilyn, and we will maybe yep. perhaps discuss something for 2022, maybe perhaps a more regular insert right here on Radio Pulpit. And if you want to get, um, if you want to get in, in contact with Sherilyn, I want to repeat that number. It is 082 
or you could email her dudley.sherilyn at gmail.com. Alternatively, if you don't have a, uh, a, a pen with you, send me a mail, please. Dwayne at radiopulpit.co.za or sport at radiopulpit.co.za. I'm not going to give you my cell phone number. She did, but I'm not going to. I'd like to sleep tonight. <laughs> Just just mention to people, I will not answer the phone. <laughs> you will watch it. <laughs> so, so that will be great. Because wonderfully, we are able to be in touch with so many people in mm. the body that, that, of course, it becomes impossible to have huge, long, in-depth conversations. But it is possible to catch a drift of what people are wanting to chat about so that with people like you uh, we can chat about those things so so that's exciting all right so please um send me a mail or, or message yeah sorry go, um, go for it. people I, I will i will comment often on current events and things through the dialogos um web page and and their facebook and also on my my facebook which is just cheryl and verdon dudley and cheryl and dudley there's two different um facebook pages and you're welcome to to get onto those they're open to the public um but also can, can become a friend right. if you're going to be nice <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly get the word out to the world. Um, more people in, uh, in the church need to stand up for things like this. And I think this is definitely a good gift to get for someone for Christmas. Please, for more details, please send me a message. But most importantly, please check out our schedule for the rebroadcasts of the past two weeks' shows and also for the podcast. Go check out those podcasts and distribute it far and wide. Sherilyn, it's been a privilege the past two weeks. And, um, can't wait to see what the future holds for the two of us. Thank you. I'm excited too. Thank you. And, and well done on what you're doing, and I'm very proud of you. It's been an absolute pleasure to stand in service of, of the King this evening, myself and Sherilyn. It's not about us. It's not about politics. It's not about a country. It's always been about him, and that's why we do what we do. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Until next week, same time, same place. Let me greet you with an awesome...